I'm Brian Lee, one of the content creators for the South Central Telehealth Resource Center. Welcome to Telehealth Talk. Today, we have a presentation for you, Resources for Advancing Health IT and Quality. This talk is presented by Matt Quinn, Senior Advisor of Health Technology for HRSA. Matt has tons of great information to share, so stay with us. I want to accomplish three main things. One, to give you an idea of HRSA and how HRSA is structured and how it works and how we serve our communities. Second, what we're doing around health IT and quality. And last but not least, how you can work with HRSA as part of this. So with that, raise your hand if you're familiar with HRSA, the, the Health Resources and Services Administration. Awesome. So I'm speaking to the audience, or we'll just skip to slide 10. <laughs> so HRSA is really a lot of different things. A lot of people think of HRSA as the health center program, or think of it as the Ryan White HIV and AIDS program, or maybe telehealth through our Office for Advancement of Telehealth. And yes, we're all of that, but we're really 90 different programs that provide health care to uh, really the safety net, geographically isolated, uh, economically or medically challenged, uh, and it's primarily grants or cooperative agreements to all sorts of organizations, of course including healthcare providers, but also states, also to faith-based organizations, colleges, and even private entities. Every year HRSA serves tens of millions of people, uh, again, you know, a lot of people living in the safety net. This slide really is a, is a breakdown of these are the different, uh, the, the major HRSA programs and our 2017 budget and then what was requested for, for 2018. So this isn't final, but it, it has been cleared for, for release. So a little bit less, but um, we think we can do what we need to do. So let me talk a little bit about our largest program, which is the Health Center program. Uh, the Health Center program is all over the country, and there are 1,400 HRSA-supported health centers operating more than 11,000 uh, organizations across the U.S. and the territories. Uh, there are 22 in Puerto Rico, and we work with them after Hurricane Maria, and there are two in the U.S. Virgin Islands, which is also going through recovery. As you can see, there are some pretty amazing statistics about uh, how many people are touched by federally qualified health centers. About 26 million people are one in 12. Lots and lots of people uh, who are homeless, lots of people who are uh, veterans, um, and, and, and people all across the country. So you might be asking, so what is a federally qualified health center? And so here's some of the, the, the program fundamentals and what they do. This is all about high quality, culturally competent, comprehensive primary care and supportive services. Uh, they provide service to people regardless of the ability to pay, but uh, we also have uh, quite a few uh, of, our, of our patients at the health centers who are covered by Medicaid, private insurance, and a, and a small number of Medicare. So they tend to be uh, more Medicaid than Medicare. Um, these are community entities, right? These aren't run by HRSA, but they're supported by our grants. And they have to meet certain requirements, administrative, clinical, and financial, to, to go there. Everybody good? 
And so I wanted to give you a flavor of the sort of funding that we've provided to support them uh, in, in use of health technology to accomplish specific things. Uh, so recently, and this was, I don't know, three or four months ago, uh, we awarded something called AIMS. And this being the government, it has to have an acronym, which says Access Increases in Mental Health and Substance uh, Abuse. So this is really about the opioid epidemic, integration of behavioral health, and since it's a grant, they could apply for what they needed or what they think that they need in, in particular categories. And so one of those areas was on, was on personnel, but it also supported investments in health information technology, telehealth, even cybersecurity preparedness as part of this. And uh, we made 1,178 of those awards to, to, to health centers to help them advance in this domain, uh, and it, it totaled about $200 million. We have a great breakdown of those sites there. But really the lesson learned, or the, the, the message for folks here, especially those hoping to work with those health centers, is go to those health centers to talk to them about your um, collaborative solutions or your, your innovative solutions, and word passes fast in this health center network or through our technical assistance resources about what works and, and addresses the specific needs of some of these populations. Another one, which was a fiscal year 2016 funding, again, the, the, the acronym is DISHI, but this stands for Delivery System Health Information Investment. You know, again, we're not just making investments in these health centers for the purpose of technology. It's tied to these sort of three domains here. So their transition to things like value-based care and the technology that they need to support that, uh, as well as information to share, uh, uh, efforts to share information, partic uh, participate in registries, health information exchange, etc. So. Here were some of the things that we uh, provided, or that we allowed them to purchase or to request through the DISHI program. So equipment and supplies, training, uh, enhancement to certified systems, and then uh, you know something that we've heard a lot about here and you'll see everywhere is, is data aggregation, analytics, uh, etc. They could also support telehealth uh, acquisition through this as well, and, and, and many of them did. So this was $87 million of grants to about 1,300 health centers. And um, the, 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 the funding ranged from something like $23,000 to up to $280,000. And this was one-time award. And they're working through implementation of that and using that technology even today. One area uh, that I wanted to highlight is that our federally qualified health centers and others are really adopting telehealth, even without some of the um, reimbursement that might be there for them. Uh, so Medicaid, they're getting some reimbursement in some states. Health centers don't, don't can't can't uh, use telehealth as a uh, as a visit and in, in to, to chalk up and get their funding from the telehealth program or from the uh, the health center program. Uh, the red line here is those who are using telehealth. You see about, it, it's somewhere between 36 and 38% say that they're using telehealth for the first time. Most of them are using it for mental and behavioral health. Some of them are using it for primary care, fewer specialty care, and, and other. But this is pretty strong indication that even without all of the reimbursement that's necessary, this is addressing a need uh, in, the, in the community. And so we're working with them 
my colleague Natasha Manzanero will go into some depth at 3 o'clock on the efforts to support telehealth and uh, our telehealth resource center program. So what is this all about? Here are some examples of uh, why, it's, why we're doing these investments. They're, they're tied to quality improvement activities and trying to move the metrics. And we collect this data uh, on an annual basis and many of them are doing quality improvement uh, themselves. So imagine the challenging populations and insurance situations that these folks have, but we're able to outpace the national averages of diabetes care by about 13%. And you can see some of the other, uh, some of the other measures that we're doing really well. About two-thirds of health centers qualify as patient-centered medical homes. And this is really important. So, you know, if you take anything away from this, it's, it's that health centers are really trying to integrate behavioral health, oral health, and other aspects of primary care, be culturally competent, use technology to accomplish things, and, and they're doing a really good job of it. So another area of HRSA is our rural health, uh, our federal office of rural health policy. And this, pro, th this is the HHS level uh, entity for rural health. Uh, of, of particular note here is our uh, Office for Advancement of Telehealth. Natasha is going to go into great depth in this in her session. I just wanted to touch on uh, the importance of this and that this is, we're one of the federal leaders in this domain. One of the key programs out of there is the one that she runs called the Telehealth Resource Center program where we support 12, or 12 regional and two national telehealth resource centers. These are a free technical assistance entity that any of you can call and get assistance. Many of them are here. Uh, they have a booth here. And we have information about which is yours uh, for your region. These are the world's experts on telehealth available for your disposal because HRSA supports this program. Um, they, they don't just support HRSA grantees and health centers, they support anybody. Uh, why is the, the Telehealth Resource Center program and, and Office of Advancement of Telehealth in the rural, uh, Federal Office of Rural Health Policy? Because it's important in rural, it's also important outside of rural. And we dug into some of those um, health center numbers, we found that uh, there's a significant number of urban health centers that are, are participating in telehealth as well. So another program inside of HRSA is the Ryan White HIV and AIDS program. And this is grants to cities, states, and local communities based on uh, organizations to provide HIV care and treatment services. Um, as you can see, more than half of the people in the U.S. living with diagnosed HIV and uh, or about 50,000 people receive services through this program. This is a very important program. And as you can see, uh, because of this program, we're far outpacing national averages in terms of viral suppression, and because of some of these innovative programs, uh, use of health technology and, and collaboration, we're able to, to really move the metrics, even, even since 2010. I wanted to highlight two main programs inside of the, uh, the HIV and AIDS Bureau that are focused on health IT. One of them is called SPINS, the Special Projects of National Significance, <laughs> which is a great acronym, and um, 
And so this is use of technology as, as, uh, as, as part of um, innovative models of HIV treatment. And again, these are grants. This is a, a, a representative sample of some of them. And I, I've been blown away at the, at the creativity of some of these. In Patterson, New Jersey, uh, there's a great project where they've created a patient portal for uh, people who are uh, served by the HIV and AIDS clinics there where they've overcome some of the barriers to use of HIV and AIDS, uh, of, of patient portals in general, where they're, they're bringing in people's lab results and other information because they've really tailored it for the needs of the people. Fascinating stuff, and this is, uh, there, there, there are over 70 active grants and cooperative agreements in this. Not a huge program, but a really significant one. The other, and I call this, this is, this is one of the, the, the lesser known programs, but it's really significant. Um, so for the HIV and AIDS clinics in the country, about half of them, uh, all of them need to provide HRSA with annual data on the care that they're providing and other metrics. About half of them use a middleware uh, platform called Careware that's open, free, uh, to, to report this data. Some of them, uh, actually the states, have linked them together into health information exchanges for this public health departments and others using this software. So Florida, Georgia, I heard about Maryland going down this road the other day. And um, this, this can pull data from an EHR or it can be the data entry and the, um, the transmission of it. And it's available. I, I can send you more information on this. I didn't know about this before I came to Hearst and I was like, why don't we know more about this? And it's an example of a purpose-built information network that's really uh, showing dividends, connecting care delivery and public health. One more area, and um, this is just starting to get into health technology. They've done some grants, and they actually did a challenge as our Maternal and Child Health uh, Bureau. And so this, again, is grants, meaning money to these entities uh, to support uh, uh, women and children. So two-thirds of uh, nearly 54 million mothers and children in the U.S., uh, including two-thirds of all pregnant women, half of all infants and children, uh, are getting supported through this program. And because of programs like this and other efforts, we've really uh, reduced infant mortality between 2000 and 2015 and child mortality. Of particular note, and I wanted to highlight this because I know that there are innovators thinking about how do we how do we uh, use technologies in people's homes to uh, help them to uh, uh, help them navigate the healthcare system and others. We have a, a, a maternal and child infant childhood home visiting program, and so over 160,000 parents and children uh, before, during, and after childbirth are getting support through this program to again, address some of the uh, infant mortality, reduce risk, reduce early childbirth, etc., cetera, uh, through this part of HRSA's programs. I know this was kind of a whirlwind. I had 20 minutes to go over a really big and complex agency. I hope I hit the three things, learn a little bit more about HRSA, talk about what we're doing in, in our different bureaus and offices with regard to health IT and health technology, and third, when you think about this, this is these are grants. So go to these entities, 
and talk about your solutions. And if it addresses what they're trying to do or if it's innovative, it probably could be supported with one of these grants that we put out like Dishy or Ames or some of the others. As always, let's keep the conversation going. You can find us on Twitter at Learn Telehealth, on Facebook, the same name, Learn Telehealth. While you're there, make sure you leave a like and follow the page. And if social media isn't your thing, you can always leave us an email at info at learntelehealth.org. Please visit our website, learntelehealth.org, for tools, tips, and resources to help you on your telehealth journey. That's learntelehealth.org. Thanks for listening.